0: The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip. The Dish and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Haleen.
1: Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want to hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern... You know, I'm going to go into this whole thing about how much Hollywood sucks, but I actually work in it and I kind of love it. Speaking of jobs that suck, hi to my co host, who is black and blue from his last cage fight. And we're going to be talking to a cage fighter today. G'day, Bear. How are you doing? I am so tired. I'm on so many antibiotics. I have bronchitis. Oh, so
2: excellent is what you're... You mean oh, to okay. say excellent. Excellent. That's how we feel. That's
1: the lie we're going with. Yes,
2: absolutely. It's Just so- how I felt after that fight. Excellent.
1: Excellent. Everything's good. Except my um, foot. Except your foot. So <laughs> the worst of it is... So you guys know we usually do this show live. We're actually pre-recording this because we're talking to a gent in Scotland today.
2: Mm-hmm. We got we're making sure we're uh, working with this times. and It'll still go out... Well, clearly, you guys are hearing it at the regular time, So mm-hmm. it went out now.
1: Yeah, I just, just think Todd, it's live. He sounds like the dude from Outlander.
2: From Outlander,
1: yeah. Well, that's
2: the uh isn't that that like women's raunchy novel kind of thing? That's like that's the how the romance
1: what, novel was turned that's into a television that's so. women's
2: porn, right? Women's porn. They have yeah. to have the storyline.
1: where it started. Okay. I've been trying to get Joanna Lindsay's books. She did for books like that, like kind of like Outlander for years, but I've never been able to get hers because I wanted to turn hers into a television series.
2: Okay. I've never even heard of this person before, Joan
1: Lindsay. Yeah, she makes some um, like romance novels, kind of like Atlanta. Ah,
2: well, very good then, very good. So it's, sci-fi sex. Is it's what, what it's you're like trying. boy
1: meets girl, boy rapes girl, boy and girl fall in love.
2: Oh, the uh, what? What's that called when the 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 uh, victim starts to fall in love with the attacker? Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome.
1: You know, it's, she writes it's,
2: about Stockholm yeah, syndrome. Yeah, it's
1: like that. Like the, the His hand crept stealthily up her silken thigh. She shuddered with anticipation.
2: Man, you're right. This really does work for Hollywood.
1: Yeah, it's it's perfect, really. Um, but Outlander, the actors in that was so damn good,
2: they, really. So is Outlander a TV show or a movie?
1: It's a TV show based on an original romance series. You can
2: see how much of this I'm actually aware of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, I, I like I like Scottish guys.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So wait, is Liam Neeson Scottish or Irish?
1: Liam Neeson's Irish.
2: How do you feel about Irish people? I
1: like Scots and Irishmen.
2: Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I always mix those two up because I'm not really familiar with the accents very well. But they sound tough, and I think that's really good for them.
1: What is wrong with you?
2: I get hit in the head a lot.
1: <laughs> There's a lot going on in uh, Hollywood and on the internet. We've got still got the I'm trying to say Illuminati.
2: Yeah, the internet drama. drama that continues to carry on. It's all it's all over the place now. People who probably weren't even aware of YouTube as an application have probably heard about this somehow.
1: It's it's been on e news and stuff. What's so funny about it though is like I was an Illuminati fan. I actually I watched too. her stuff on MLMs yeah. and I'm, and I'm a fan of the click. I never knew about sad milk or the channel they had the, together their side project or that she was like, apparently a total cunt. <laughs> that was like,
2: I wasn't ready for that. No,
1: I know that, that was a, so that that as that. cursing. That, that is, that's, counting. that's count as the, cursing. That's a swear word. I'd like to remind everyone, every time we use bad language on the show, we give money, to the boys and girls club of America, the humane society of America and free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah. Did you, your phone on during the show i might have are you
2: i'm not used to the wait this isn't a pre-record this is live this is yes. yeah
1: we're pretending it yeah, is. we're pretending it's... to be live yeah we yes, didn't shut... just hear that we shut our phones off at four usually what's so funny about that is um yeah, I really had to brave up to use that word. That's not a word I use.
2: It came out really. I was harsh. really trying yeah. to brave
1: it up. It's not a word I use.
2: Not, you're Australian. What do you mean? It's not a word it's you not. use. You it's... guys call your best friends cons.
1: Okay, but only as like friendly. It's not a word I use to attack people. That's true.
2: She is what Canadian or American or She's something. A yeah, she yeah. Used, definitely would take offense to that.
1: Um, but yeah, I didn't realize she was such a bitch. That was what I wanted to use, but I wanted to be like way more harsh.
2: No, no, no. You definitely came out like swinging for that. I sound there. like I wasn't yeah.
1: uncomfortable using it.
2: Yeah. No. You, awesome. You definitely did the job there. I'm proud of you. Really, you. I am. Standing up for yourself.
1: I'm glad I can swear, you know, yeah, scarily. You swear. Rar. Rar. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't realize she was so awful. And, you know, I, I really do like The clique and I watched her stuff. Um, and then you heard about what she did to, to Wanda.
2: Yeah, the whole kind of entrapment thing and,
1: and then it, Oz.
2: And then, I didn't know about Oz I thought they were together.
1: No 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 they, they were So they were mates. she was living with him. And for
2: the reference this is discussing Oz Media, another yeah. larger uh, YouTube channel.
1: And apparently she like screwed everyone.
2: Hmm. So no matter what no matter who worked, if you worked with Illuminati at some point you got screwed over. That seems to be the trend. That's unfortunate. I know she kind of went over the edge when they all ditched her side project, but I think that's because it was her love child. Like, she really wanted this I to work. I thought she
1: just wanted a love child with click. <laughs> I'm telling you, I really think the girl had the hots for the click. Yeah. I or mean, it's projection because I, it. I have hots for the click.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, wait, you, do you like, is it, the, uh, is it the Danish accents? What is it about He's him Swedish. that you like? It's Swedish. I'm sorry. What is it about him that you like?
1: His cuteness funny.
2: Huh? How do you feel about PewDiePie?
1: He's cute and he's funny. Does
2: the Swedish accent get you there? No. No? Okay, so it's not about the accent <laughs> no, at all?
1: No, I like, I actually, believe it or not, I like, um, I like the, like, I like Scottish accents. Mm. I love American accents.
2: I think guys. funny. I think funny Funny
1: does it, does it for but me. But
2: funny even works as far as being successful. I mean, look at <laughs> how many people in Hollywood, anyone who's big is usually got a funny, th- is something humorous to them, or they know how to crack a joke. They know how to ease the tension.
1: Oh, they're at- nepo babies.
2: What's a nepo baby?
1: Nepotistic. Oh, ne- nepotism. I'm The nepotistic I'm attitudes of their parents got them a job. Nepotism got them.
2: Hard. Oh, I see. All right.
1: Like, you know, Will Smith's kids.
2: <laughs> we don't even hear about them anymore. They're kind of on the <laughs> obscurities of Twitter.
1: Yeah, after their parents, you know, had their freak outs, The mom had the affair. The dad smacked Chris Rock.
2: Is Willow even around anymore or did she just jump ship?
1: She jumped ship for a little bit when she was like 13 and got in trouble for being in bed with a 20 year old. And her parents were cool with it. Wait, After why they was got she... all involved with oh, some oh, Scientology.
2: Oh. Wait, wait, wait. They were Scientologists too?
1: Yeah, for a hot minute.
2: I had no idea about that one. I'm, I'm genuinely taken aback by the whole 20-year-old situation. How the cops were not involved. Or this was not... Was this like a big scandal? Was this everywhere yeah. at some point?
1: Google it. <laughs> um, I must Brit have missed said it. said nothing happened. She said nothing happened. She accused everyone of having a sick mind for thinking that him being in her sh- bed with his shirt off meant something happened.
2: No, that's so... I would expect that response from a 13-year-old, not the parents.
1: Yeah, if someone was in bed with my 13-year-old daughter with their shirt off, some 20-year-old dude, um, it's going to be rock, paper, scissors for which one of us goes to jail first, you or I.
2: I'm really – you know what's concerning, though? What's concerning is that she wasn't being taught enough to recognize that that it's wrong.
1: It's pretty common in Scientology. Look at the Danny Masterson trial. They actually, the guy, one of the chicks that he raped had already been molested by another member of Scientology. Right. So they brought that guy that molested her in the courtroom to intimidate her.
2: Oh, is that what happened? I thought he was brought in as some kind of, like, witness or
1: Nope, he just, to sit there and watch her testify. Wow. Wow, that's cold. Mm-hmm, because their argument is there is no adults and no children, everyone is just thetans. What is I mean, so- yes, you follow the law of the land, but yeah. we're all these like dead spirits made mm-hmm. into a being. So you're an adult, I'm an adult, the seven year old down the street's an adult. What in their own being?
2: The Church of Scientology get from defending these people? They have to understand the amount of bad press, the amount of people. So who
1: right are now, debating. the Scientology is not defending them. Um, they're helping because they covered it up. The girls that he raped were members of the Church of Scientology. I love them snorting here. I sound, I sound terrible, sorry.
2: With like Danny um, Masterson? Yeah. Or, okay.
1: So Danny Masterson raped, like, three girls in the Church of Scientology. He raped more than that, but he raped these three girls in this Church of Scientology that later on sued him once they left Scientology.
2: Okay. So they, And this chick's they're...
1: husband has been, like, uber-supportive.
2: Right, she and should so have dated because... a cage fighter.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying.
2: Okay. Well, yes. And so because that because they initially helped him cover it up, now they're trying. They're just trying to save their own ass. Yeah, it's not much. necessarily about Master Danny Mac. If they,
1: they could throw them under the bus, they would.
2: Okay, and they probably should. They should yeah. be looking for avenues to do that because right now they're just making themselves look terrible.
1: I look at it this way: the Church of Scientology encourages rape on a mass scale and pedophilia. And, a, and pedophilia. And I would like the Church of Scientology to sue me, please. <laughs> I Please keep trying to get to them court. to sue me, know, the then worst they have to prove is,
2: it. I'm afraid that they'll be able to do that and tie you up and let it get uh, litigation, litigation, and then I you're out can. tens of thousands. But of if dollars. they
1: sue me after me calling one, it makes them look bad. So, mm, but I'm cool with it. I will happily go to court with all of all of these things I say. I mean, we know that um, a scavage likes you know penis. no in the church of Scientology they're totally against the whole gay thing so I just go with he likes penis we're just trying
2: to create the worst things possible to get them to come out and sue you
1: like there's nothing wrong with being gay but if you've got a problem with it I just must be because you like penis
2: you know I think that's I think that it's a first of all that aspect of anti-gay it's all over the place I was with my mother the other day and we were just driving past Chick-fil-a and she was so astonished um, that so many people want to go there and they want to go and participate and feed a company that's so bigoted and I
1: find it funny because your mom is like
2: plays out everywhere though.
1: Uber conservative, and I love that about her. Yeah, like she's where where you're uber uber liberal, your mom's uber conservative, mm-hmm. but where you guys agree on things are like the human rights stuff. Like politically, you guys are two opposite ends, right? Except you, you know, um,
2: we we have some we have, we, but your I'm, main connection we have some agreements.
1: Yeah, and your agreements usually are people can sleep with whoever they want. Right. You want an abortion, have one. Uh, Just don't fuck with people seems to be a crossover.
2: Yeah. And where I was going with this is that it seems to be that we're, and I, I don't know, I could be wrong, but just from the outside perspective, whenever you hear of a bigoted company, it's like they already have some kind of ingrained, heavy, heavy support or people turn a blind eye because they don't care. And I think also kind of plays into that whole alpha males thing Mm -hmm. that's going around, too. It's not
1: that they have in-ground support. They pick these things and choose a political market. Like Mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays, leans heavily into the Southern Baptist community. And so because that became a political thing, they pulled from one side of the political spectrum. Right. And because the food tastes good, other people kind of skip it and go there. Um, But the reality is it's a very – it's fucked up.
2: Yeah, and like I was saying, I think this kind of plays into the whole how young men view themselves and the whole mindset of the alpha male thing. They see these big, prominent companies. And even though Scientology is trash, 100% trash, they're still out there for people you, to view you and You have learn. to say
1: allegedly or ask them to see you.
2: No, they're. what do you mean? I can say, I can say they're trash, can't I? I'm not like, telling them, oh, they eat trash or they, they do trash, trash up inside people's buttholes. I just said that they as people are trash.
1: Uh, see, it's funny. I don't find Scientologists trash. Most Scientologists I've ever met were Mm -hmm. really, really nice people that got conned.
2: I beg your pardon. The Church of Scientology is trash. There you go. All right. But anyways, I I think it just plays such a heavy impact on the people. And then, of course, those young men were going to grow up and some of them are going to enter the world of Hollywood. They're going to enter the entertainment business. And a lot of them already are in the entertainment business as streamers or content creators are still pushing this, this absolute nonsense. Did we
1: get a violation? For picking on the church of Scientology? Oh no, well,
2: we, got, we got a, a live streaming Candid violation.
1: We got a live streaming violation from, from which, uh, which channel?
2: It looks like it's from the Facebook. Nice. So if anyone curious, we actually live streamed this radio show out to our audiences, both on Facebook and Instagram, second, but apparently Facebook it. has just banned us in the middle of our, of our broadcast. So you that's unfortunate for bullying Scientology. I bet you it was language. I bet you it was the cunt. Damn. Damn. Hopefully Instagram didn't pick that one up though, huh? They're ran by the same people. Well, it's,
1: it's whatever. Zuckerberg
2: mm-hmm. is out here listening to this conversation, just panicking. They can't he's
1: he's not into Scientology.
2: He's not into Scientology. No,
1: no, no he's, he's not into Scientology. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I find so interesting about it is yes. po- politics have moved, obviously, so far into business here. And it's so weird to me how America is about the gay thing.
2: Yeah. <sighs> I think if you look at the, look at the world of Hollywood and how well that was covered up for so many people. So many people are gay. They had mustaches and beards out the wazoo in that. Oh,
1: in no, that, you know that that's industry. true. I've dated football players that were gay simply because they needed a girlfriend.
2: And I think that the, I think that persona, I think that, ref, I think it reflects society. If society itself, if people were very openly for or yes or for, but just openly, who cares about homosexuality? It wouldn't have been a need to display that on the big screen. I know. I, I think I... that.
1: I think what catches me is like I hear yeah. Americans they're like you know if uh, if this person gets an offer I'm leaving the country. The worst to me was they're like if America gets you know national health care and legalizes gay marriage I'm going to Canada. I'm like they already have that. So does Australia. There's nowhere yeah. you can go. <laughs>
2: like just a heads up. The Anything- United Arab Emirates. Like,
1: like, where are you going to go, man?
2: And even then, you're likely not to, You you certainly don't have the same rights. So you can't just go there and start guns a-blazing, enjoying life.
1: Something you have to remember. Unless you're filthy rich. is America, you. you guys are one of the least progressive countries in the world now. Used to be one of the most. But you're not very progressive. What you do lead the world in is a uh, number of incarcerated citizens, number of adults that believe in Jews. Fair enough. I, we are about to go to break in just a second. I'm looking forward to being on with our guest.
2: Absolutely.
1: Uh, would you tell everyone a little bit about our guest, please?
2: Absolutely. So Stephen Ray is a professional mixed martial arts fighter who has literally fought like the the wide range of companies you can think of. You think. Uh, UFC, Professional Fighters League, like Cage Warriors. The guy has done, like, everything, which is insane to me, especially as an amateur competitor. I look up to these people like himself, and I think, God, this is where I can be one day. This is what I can look forward to with my training and my competition. And to see the accolades, the people he's fought, like, it's it's incredible. And actually, I'm disappointed that I didn't know so about dream, him. your
1: dream in life is to be punched in the face by someone like him. I, You're well, an idiot.
2: I like to hit other people, too. <laughs> I want to get my own licks in there. But I think just it's really cool because I didn't know a lot about him until I started uh, watching the PFL and started work, working with the PFL. And now we're open to all this other stuff. And now we get to talk to the man himself.
1: I like that. All right, guys. When we go, when we come back, we are going to be on with Stephen Ray. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, Bear Fiora. We'll be right back after this. pacific time 2 p.m eastern on voice america variety
0: tune in every friday to get your weekend kickoff early join the legendary g keith alexander for what's hot harlem america the flagship show of the new harlem america digital network has something for everyone from the latest in entertainment to empowerment health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call one 866 472 5788 That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes.
1: G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we're on with my co-host, Mattis Bear in the cage. You know, I can't even call you that with our very special guest on right now, Bear Theoda, and our very special guest, Stevie Ray, Stevie, welcome to the show. Ow, I just scratched myself with my nails.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. We saw you not too long ago at the PFL. We were really excited to watch you fight. i got to ask you, we've had a lot of fighters on the show. I think that's Bear's fault. What made you get into fighting?
3: Um, w- One of my friends had been training, um... And, yeah, basically asked me to go along. So um, that was pretty much it. Um, He asked me to come and try it. Um, So I went along, tried it, and, yeah, I got hooked. That was me.
1: That's a really shitty friend. Your friend dragged you along to get you punched in the face and somehow you decided this was going to be your job.
3: Yeah, that's uh,
1: it. Are you you still friends with him?
3: Um, Yeah. uh, It was kind of like not... Not a close friend, but just someone I kind of knew. So, yeah, we've got the same, same relationship.
1: That's interesting. That's, that, like, an acquaintance changed your life to that degree.
2: Yeah. Now, I also, after doing a little bit of digging, because, like I said, I had just met, uh, found out about you through the PFL. It says that your very first fight ever was actually, like, a short-notice fight. Did you have any kind of nerves running through your head? Were you anxious for oh, this please, bout? you're
1: just trying to get notes because you freaked out before your last short-minute fight.
2: Um... I can't actually remember. It was
3: that long ago. I too many hits to the head, but uh, yeah, I was nervous. I remember I remember thinking, um, like, is it too late to, you know, think of someone to not even fight? I was really nervous. But uh, yeah, first amateur fight anyway. I, I finished it in 57
2: seconds, though, so it went well. That's, damn, damn that's good. That's excellent. Do you think you still hold on to those kind of like nerves as you move forward through your fighting? Yeah, I mean I I think I think if you're not getting nervous, it
3: means you're either not right in the head or
2: or um it doesn't like the result doesn't matter to you. Huh. I actually never thought about that. You're not too concerned about trying to get your win if you're not a little bit nervous or worried. That's good.
3: Yeah, so so I do believe some people might not be nervous but yeah it's just because they're not really fast if they win or lose like it doesn't mean too much to them. The people that get nervous it obviously like means a lot to them to win. Um or like I said they've got something wrong with their brain maybe. <laughs> I I, that's,
1: I I can see that. I'm going to ask you an odd question. What was your most defining moment in MMA? Everyone's had something, the point where they thought they were going to quit or continue, the point where they thought, I can't do this anymore or I have to do this. What was your defining moment?
3: So a defining moment as in something like that, I mean, my best moment was probably uh, beating Anthony Piers the first time and... Uh, when I first won in Glasgow, I won the knockout and I got a uh, fight the night bonus. But most defining moment, if you're meaning like bad news, um, then it would be maybe getting released from the UFC um, or the whole kind of, the whole thing that happened with that. Um, Yeah, I was obviously a bit depressed about that whole situation.
1: I think, and I find that interesting. You're the only person, I always say it's an odd question, because people answer it so differently. And I love that you brought up a wonderful moment and a hard moment. I've never had anyone do that to that question. That was very, very interesting. Because usually you can kind of gauge someone's personality, whether they bring up something good or bad. You brought up both. So I'm just going to take that as you're a very balanced and you know straightforward person. Um, you talked about being released from the UFC. Now you're with the PFL. PFL you know, pays yep. higher, so that's better. Um, no, no, not the UFC, but but the PFL. You know they 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 have um, kind of. I know we're not allowed to call it a tournament system. I already got in trouble for that. What is it? It's season. Seasoned. <laughs> I'm, I'm already fucking this up. Um, and do it a little differently. What? How is it different being with the PFL than the UFC? Um. Well,
3: I think obviously you get looked after in both. There's money to be made in both. Like. Obviously, a lot of UFC fighters make a lot of money as well. Um, but it is good that it's good that there's another company able to like be a rival. It's better for the fighters if there's like more than one company that can, yeah, basically pay you to, to do your job. Um, because it means they're both going to have to like negotiate and maybe pay the fighter more, or they'll go elsewhere. So yeah, it's good for the fighter. Um. Yeah, it's probably similar. I mean, they're both right up there. Obviously, the UFC's always been the number one, Kenna, but PFL are really starting to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane Burgos has chosen to sign with the PFL, even, even though the UFC you know, were trying to keep him and they offered him a contract as well. And then, obviously, the big signing with Francis Ngannou... Um, so yeah, it's good. I mean, PFL looks like they're doing the right stuff. They're starting to take over, um, and yeah, like I said, it's more competition, um, which means they need to uh, be a wee bit more
2: fair play. That's actually a very good point. I would love when there's more when there's more organisations out there. It only ever works out for the competitors or their or their contractors or independent workers.
1: I I actually I'm glad to hear that. I didn't think of it that way, mm. but after the whole um union thing fails, which I think y'all should have unionized, but I'm with the film unions. So. <laughs> um, I, I'm glad that's a really good point. Competition breeds. Nate,
2: absolutely. You mentioned Francis Ngano. What's your take on the situation with him moving to the professional fighters league? Yeah, uh,
3: I think mean, it's good. Um, it's obviously great for the PFL and the fighters and the PFL. Because one, it guess the PFL more exposure. Uh, it also, you know, it also puts a lot of fighters on notice that are in the UFC at the moment, where they're like, fuck, the PFL can pay good as well. Um, you know, we are not. We don't only have to stay in the UFC. Um, maybe PFL will pay us more. Um, and then in terms of, like, TV deals and stuff, like, it's good for, obviously, sponsors. and It just gets everyone more on board. That's fair. <laughs>
2: Yeah, more eyes, more eyes on the PFL. Now they also offered his, his his first opponent is a two million dollar uh, payout to have that fight at a minimum. That's what they're going to start with. Do you think that maybe they're trying to incentivize a strong opponent because they're looking for a win over Francis and maybe show the world that the PFL has top or better fighters than the UFC? Um. Well,
3: yeah, like. The thing is, there's a lot of fighters came from the UFC and thinking that, you know, PFL is going to be a walk in the park. Um, I mean, Tiago Santos, is it Tiago Santos? Uh, he just came over. He's just been caught on ped, so he's been caught cheating, and he still lost a fight to a PFL fighter. Um, so, it just shows you that, you know, the UFC is not the be-all and end-all. It's no, it doesn't mean that it's always the best fighters either. But, um, Uh, And then, obviously, Anthony Piers, you know, some people might have said it's it's because he's getting older and stuff, but, you know, he's not done so great in the PFL either. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's people came from the UFC, Shane Burgos as well. Shane Burgos just came and then, obviously, he just got beat off, Olivier, who is an ex-UFC fighter as well, but, obviously, he's a PFL fighter now. Um. But again, it just proves that, you know, the level doesn't always matter. There's people that have been in the UFC and then they go and fight on like a local show like Cage Warriors and, and they lose. Uh the fight game's, you know, is is brutal. Um, you know, all it takes is one punch and there's a lot of high level fighters out there out with the UFC as well.
2: I'm really happy you said that because I I hear it both from seeing the PFL fights, working with them, and then going to people I train with, I hear them ask these questions and they say, oh, what do you think of the PFL fighters? Could they really take on the UFC? And 100%, I think as a pro fighter and individual, and you can give me your thoughts on this too, it's more so about what you put into it. If you want to be a top level pro fighter, you got to put in the work. If you don't, then you're going to get smashed almost regardless of the industry or the uh, the uh, company you work with.
3: Yeah, that's it. Like,
2: the reason a lot of people obviously know that if you're in the UFC, you're good, it's because
3: the amount of work to do to get there. Because the UFC are not going to just sign chumps. You know, you have to work hard, you have to build your resume, you have to, and, you know, if you're fighting good opponents, then by the time you get to the UFC, you should be a pretty good fighter, but... I mean that's the same with the pfl um and and like i said even the smaller shows like it depends on the individual you know it doesn't always this most skilled fighter doesn't always win either you know it could be somebody that's just got more heart um you know it's more hard working more athletic there's a lot of uh, variabilities that that go into fighting um you know,
1: one thing I will say, uh, one of, with some of the fighters uh, my partners manage, the thing that I'm finding most prevalent from the UFC, WWE, and um, PFL, and even Cage Warriors now, they only want people with some kind of social media following. Where that's changed, where once upon a time they were looking for fighters who, who could necessarily fight the best, because of all these shows, because of all of these networks, they're really looking for people with, like, that Conor McGregor star power now in a bigger way than they used to. Um, and and I find that interesting. Do you think that affects the quality of fighters?
3: Uh, yeah, a little bit, but it kind of makes sense as well. Like, um, I mean, if, I, if you own a business, so if you own a business, Dana runs a business, and mm-hmm. obviously the... You know the WME or whoever it is that owns it, they are paying obviously the fighters, and I've seen them like a lot of money. Um, so do you want to do you want to pay a good fighter, or do you want to pay a fight a fighter that's maybe not even so good, but that fighter is making you so much more money? Um, I mean, it makes sense to pay the fight, pay the fighter uh, that's making you so much more money.
1: It's um, true.
3: That's how Jake Paul gets fights. He gets yeah, of that's seats. It. So, <laughs> It's sport. Like, it's entertainment sport. If they're bringing you money, then they deserve more money. Um, it's not just about being the best fighter. If you're if you're a really good fighter, but you're boring and nobody really wants to watch you, then do you yeah. de- should you get paid a lot of money? Well, no, nah, hey. not really, because you're not making the company that much money. So it depends on. It depends on how much money you're making the company. I mean, if you're a good fighter and you're also exciting, you're not much like a trash talker, but you come in, you smash guys, yep. and people want to see you. If people want to see you fight and they're paying to see you fight, then then of course you deserve to get paid good. I agree. With if
1: you you're a
3: rubbish fighter, if you, if you're a rubbish fighter and you're not that great, but you've got really good smack talk and, and people are paying to watch then you deserve to get paid good as well. So it depends on a, yeah, it's kind of a tough one, but I understand why. Um, I'd rather pay, I would rather pay, you know, the one that's making me more money. Um, I'd rather pay them more money than somebody that was just a good fighter. Isn't he making me money?
1: i got to tell you, I agree with that. I'm as corporate as corporate Gets, but usually fighters are all you know totally hate that so i love that you have that perspective we are going to go to break when we come back we're going to be chatting more with Stevie ray i do want to say as much as i'm picking on uh, jake paul i'm still trying to set up a fight between him and sam alvey um so guys back me up here like tweet about that somebody poke over it like the pfl go tweaks i'm trying to get him to fight sam alvey guys we'll be right back after this <laughs> Enjoying
0: our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you.
3: Did you know that the quality of our daily lives is directly influenced by the design of our built environment? Our homes, our work, the way we move, and where we play are all shaped by the design of our cities. This thought-provoking, new show from architect, urban designer, and educator, Carrie Pennebod, examines the complex forces that
1: shape the making of our physical world. Lively conversations with leading experts in a variety of fields engage some of the greatest challenges facing our cities today,
3: including climate change, affordable housing, embedded technologies, infrastructure design, architecture and the arts, urban policy, social mobility, and much, much more tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, so that together, we can design a better world.
0: You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at SummerHelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes.
1: G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host. I always call him the baddest bear in the cage, but I don't think I can with Stevie on the show with you.
2: I, I am just a bear, humbly. <laughs> it's an opportunity to learn.
1: And our very, very special guest, Stevie Ray. i got to tell you guys, he's actually on the show in the middle of a family vacation That is amazing. You're an amazing guy. Thank you so much for spending some of your time with us. I know we've got 15 minutes with you. Usually we take live questions and do this this show live. So I know we're going to get like hate tweeted because we can't answer uh, the questions the audience wants. But I'm going to jump into questions that people have asked different fighters and we'll ask them to you if that's okay with you.
3: Yep, no worries.
1: When is your next fight and who are you fighting?
3: My next fight is the twenty-fourth of June and I'm fighting Clay Collard.
1: Guys, you better watch the show and you better tweet about it and you better be following him because we have some giveaways and I will give uh and I'll put it on the list of giveaways. If you watch that fight, uh first one to tweet about it to us, gets a giveaway. So I don't know what the giveaways are this week on okay. the list. <laughs> how how do you
2: feel about that fight? I
3: feel good about that fight, yeah. Um I feel like uh, I feel like i do well with the type of style he's got he's a uh, he's got good boxing um he's a uh, more of a striker um he's tough he's durable but yeah i just feel like those type of fighters that I, I do really well against i mean he's similar to anthony Pettis. he's uh a good striker he's not the biggest of guys he's not the most muscular or strong looking guy He's like tall and rangy, um, so yeah. I feel like I, I feel like uh, Matt's style
2: is uh, going to be tough for him. Uh, no doubt about that. What do you think is your biggest advantage for you when you step into the cage? Uh, biggest advantage in
3: that fight uh, would probably be just my grappling. Uh, I think. You know, he does look tricky. He does look like quite scrambly. Um, but my jiu jitsu, I believe, is like way better than his.
1: I have to ask you this very specifically, and you're not allowed to say Conor McGregor because everyone says him because they get paid the most if they fight him. So, aside from Conor McGregor, who you would get paid the most to fight, who would be your dream fight?
3: Eh, uh, maybe Francis Ngannou. Now. No, I'll fight him and collect my two million. <laughs> um, okay, so it's, it's, it's you're a braver man. But, uh,
1: I, you are the only person yeah, that I has don't. ever given that answer ever.
3: <laughs> I'll I'll fight fucking any man for two million dollars,
2: anyone <laughs> at all.
1: You're my new favorite person. <laughs> that is holy shit. I like that. I'm tweeting that later.
2: APFL, <laughs> hey, you got your guy.
1: Yeah. Do it? No, I, I don't think you could
3: do that. And doesn't even, he? You and you by like 115 and pounds? Even though, even though he's like huge and heavyweight, and you know, I've, you know, he's got a huge advantage. I'd still be going and try and take him out. I wouldn't be just going in there for the paycheck. I'd be going in to try and win. As well.
1: You are now officially my most that like the awesome. most badass fighter. We've had like I, I you just took it from Diego Sanchez from the combo we had with him. You win. You're my new, you're my new favorite. Um, Thank you. I was not expecting that. Answer.
2: Yeah, actually, I, I'm curious now. You mentioned your jujitsu being like just top tier. You also had a, a a Muay Thai fight, like no grappling at all, pure striking. What made you want to take one of those? Uh,
3: yeah, I I believe in my striking as well. Um, I mean uh i first started training when i was training mma i was doing Muay Thai as well i was doing boxing uh boxing's another one that i always wanted to have a fight in as well um i don't know just i think style wise because i'm like a short stocky um kind of guy i'm not like long and rangy um I mean, uh, I do believe in my hands as well. I do believe that you know fighting clay. I I believe I can put him away. I can believe I can knock him out, outstrike him. Um, and uh, but just when it came in terms of like, where's my biggest advantage? Because he's pretty good. He's got no but like he's got pretty good hands as well. Um, he's a, he's had a few pro boxing fights, so yeah. Just the biggest advantage I felt like was was in jiu jitsu. But I do believe I can beat this guy. Uh, anywhere, you know, by stoppage or, or on points.
1: If you want that pro boxing fight, call out Jake Paul. He's with the PFL and you'll get paid bang to box him. I'm just saying. Just a suggestion.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've already called out Jake Paul as well. Like I said, I'll, I'll fight fucking anybody. <laughs> if they're paying me, I'll fight anybody. Okay, but baddest, I just said I'm the baddest man on the planet, so... And I literally would. Um, so would.
1: if
2: BFL
3: won me, me to fight Nganu, I promise you I would.
1: I really like
3: him.
2: excellent. <laughs> you seems like you've competed across the board. You don't just do MMA. You've done Brazilian Jiu Jitsu competitions. You've done Muay Thai competitions. Now yeah,
1: I know. He's cute and got a sexy accent.
2: <laughs> now I know MMA is where your career is currently. But if you had to compete anywhere else, let's say MMA is off the table or you're, th- or you're thinking about stopping, where would you go to next? Um. Well, as in like a sport. Yeah, as a sport.
3: Um. Yeah, probably like a, it would be another fight sport, so it would probably be boxing. Um. Yeah, if it wasn't MMA, it would be boxing. Um. And if it wasn't a fight sport, so it couldn't be like wrestling or boxing or anything like that. Uh. I used to play football um, or soccer, uh, whatever you call it. Um, they
1: call it before, soccer. I mean, can say it wrong.
3: Yeah. So before mm-hmm. I started then, I played football or, or soccer. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Not very much. That's, I mean, when you mm-hmm. dedicate, when you dedicate your life to fighting, that's all I'm fucking good at.
1: <laughs> that that seems it's funny as it sounds. That seems to be a really common answer. Um, for, from especially top tier fighters, they just you ask what else would you do, and the answer is always what? Like yours was far more articulate. the The usual response we get is like, "What? What the fuck else would I do?" I'd like to remind everyone every time we use bad language: we can yeah. Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and Free MMA. We swear because we care. Mm. I, I'm losing my voice.
2: <laughs> yeah, you sound, you okay over there? No, I'm fine. well <laughs> oh, very good then. Uh, Steve, I actually had, this is more of a Before personal. Before we
1: do, we're getting close to the break. Can you give a quick shout out and tell everyone your social media so they can follow you, please?
3: Social media, I think it's all the same. So it's Stephen, where Stephen, Ray, R-A-Y, M-M-A. Stephen, Ray, M-M-A. Give me a follow. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know why, but <laughs> give me a follow.
1: Follow him. Yeah, I love we'll it. We'll put up the link. And I did find our giveaways. We have ATV rides. We have clothes. We have sports gear. We have gloves. We have all kinds of giveaways this week. Follow him. That'll be the next thing we give away. So follow him uh, and watch his fight and you can have some free shit.
2: Hey, excellent. And I, I think this is, uh, this is a personal question for myself because I, I struggle a lot with uh, the nerves and the anxiety really? going into you've a fight. But you got to be
1: like the first person to follow him and show me that. It's <laughs> not like all of you.
2: So I was curious if you had tips for let's say young fighters like myself or anyone who's looking to get into the sport, how would you th- how would you recommend they handle those nerves before a fight?
3: So I would say um, I would say that if you're not nervous, like I said earlier, it means that it doesn't mean the result doesn't matter. so if you're not nervous, you don't really care too much if you win or lose, that I said earlier. Uh, or, like I said, you've got something a bit wrong with your brain. So if you are nervous, at least you can be a bit confident that, you know, your your brain is a bit normal. Uh, <laughs> and it does matter to you. And, and just realise that being nervous is normal. It's literally normal. Like, the, the, your opponent feels the exact same. It doesn't matter how they look. It's all the anxiety in your head. Like... And it's like the Parable of the Plank. I don't know if you've watched it or heard it. Uh, if you've known yeah. YouTube it, Parable. John Danahar, Parable of the Plank. And it's basically yeah. like, he just explains that yeah. you're no nervous of fighting. I mean, we do that in the gym. We spar. Yeah, sometimes I do get nervous for sparring certain days if I'm sparring someone new or whatever. But it's not that that we're nervous of. It's, we're nervous of the result. And... And, yeah, it's like, you know what, uh, just train hard, obviously, so you've got the confidence, go in there, and and just remember that it's normal to be nervous, and just remember, like, you do it, you do it every day in the gym, you know, you spar every week or you train every week, you're nervous of the camera, you're nervous of the fans, it's normal. Um, but just remember, like, go out there, train hard, uh, be confident and remember that because I used to get so nervous because I used to like think that the the result was like life or death and it wasn't until I realised that you know what it doesn't mean a lot to me winning but if I don't win I still trained this hard like I, I gave everything that I could so if I don't win it just meant that I'm not the better fighter on the night. I live to fight another day. Like, the next day, I still have to, you know, make my kids breakfast and see my kids, whatever. Like, life goes on. It's not the most important thing in the world. Um, uh, there's more important things in the world, and uh, and a lot of people don't actually give a shit. Uh, that's what I've realised as well. Like, you know... I. I I, I think this in my head that you know if I lose, oh my god, it's devastating. And then you know I tell people here that I lost, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, you lost your fight. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I just then, then I live up to the the hype that it just is the end of the world. Try and enjoy it. It took me a long time to start actually enjoying the experience of fighting. And when the new nerves do come, I just say to myself, you know what? This is fifteen minutes. Uh, it's normal to be nervous. Um it's almost gonna be over. Tomorrow I'm gonna wake up on my couch. Uh like I'm gonna be, sorry, um back on the couch in the house, just doing my normal stuff. Um Yeah, I'm trying to think if I got everything there, but uh No, that was that was beautiful. That was I incredible, thank you. That's
1: the actually I, the, the best.
3: best The Parable of the Plank.
1: The parable. Yeah, I
3: think about that. Um,
1: Look, not to yeah, the just your the life. I gotta tell you that is some of the best advice. We asked that question to all the fighters. You have given the best answer, and I'm totally counting this answer. That was excellent. Thank you so much. And Thank I know. We're coming up to the end of this segment. I want to say thank you so much for coming. I know you're off on vacation. Go have a wonderful, wonderful time. Good luck in your fight. We're going to be watching you. I know you've got a new fan in Bear and in me. I'm really hoping you get to box uh, Jake Paul. I do not want you fighting Nagano. I got to admit that. I'm afraid he'd wear pretty much anyone like a shoe. But other than that, I really hope you get any fight you want. Let's go for Conor McGregor. Let's go. That's good money and you can probably beat him. Excellent. Don't tell him I said that.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll fight any of them as long as I'm getting any money in the bank. Then yeah, let's do it.
1: I like you. Awesome. Good priorities. Thank you so much for joining us. I'd love to have you on again, and I'd love to have you live so we could have people live tweet their questions to you. If that's something you're willing to do, we're not on family vacation.
3: Yeah, yeah, perfect. No worries. Hit me up. We'll get it done. Right. Great. Perfect.
1: Great. Have a great vacation. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you. See you later,
0: guys.
1: Bye. Guys, we'll be right back after this.
0: Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Behind doors. Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Bright Horizons College Coach, a team of former admissions and financial aid officers, the show takes a deep dive on subjects such as choosing the best essay topic, negotiating merit aid, and navigating the common app Listeners will learn what really goes into college acceptance decisions from the experts who used to make them. New episodes drop Thursdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's one 1-866- 866 472 You may also send an email to bts at SummerHelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Welcome back, everyone, to Behind the Scenes. I'm your
2: co host, Bear Fiorda, with my lovely main host, Summer Helene, and you're only the main host for so much longer. I'm coming in, I'm taking over this. Is
1: my- it's literally my show full. <laughs> it's got it's your name and everything.
2: Me. I'm taking it. a <laughs> pirate raid. I'm taking it.
1: Just because I'm losing my voice does not mean you can have the show. I do want to give a quick shout out to Legacy Hotel and Spa in San Diego, Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. Thank you for always making me red carpet ready. KM Extends Hair Extensions. If you guys need extensions, wigs, anything like that, they do all of my stuff for the red carpets. Wow, I'm really losing my voice. I promise the hair is better than my voice. Off road rentals. They do our giveaways. And Sundaya's Boutique. They gave me that gorgeous red sari that I wore to the uh, event. The red carpet, we went to the charity event.
2: Absolutely. And as well as Maravilla in uh, Cathedral City, California, or the go by Fresh Coachella on Instagram, they are the ones who make me red carpet ready or make me look awesome when I get into my fights so I can beat my opponent in style. What? Give me that look.
1: Do you really want to know what I'm thinking?
2: Probably that you lost your voice.
1: No, it's our bear guest show now. had a way hotter voice. It's than the here. bear show. Like it's funny. I grew up with guys with Scottish accents yes. and Australian and yeah, accents from the UK, so it was like never anything special. Okay. And then I came here and I thought you had the sexiest accent ever. Well, but now was, that I'm used to your voice, yeah. I'm like I miss the Scottish accent.
2: I was the hot. I, want, I
1: I want. You know? I, I want the Outlander dude.
2: You want the Outlander dude? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I want I, our guest. I think we but like.
1: Is happily married with kids.
2: Yeah, I think we like and want what we don't have. I don't have an outlander accent, so now you want that. If I, was to develop, a Scottish accent. if I was to develop a Scottish accent, you'd be like, yeah, but it's not Nigerian. Like, you would just keep throwing out different cultures. Okay, in my defense, Nigerian cultures. dudes are hot. Uh, in my defense, <laughs> I can't win here.
1: <laughs> but I do like, I do have a thing for the clean cuddle American boy. Thank you. Which is kind of how I ended up hanging out with you, I guess.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm as American as it
1: gets. Yeah, Speaking of not as American as it, not as American as it gets, uh, that gorgeous Scottish guy that we just had on. So he has a fight coming up. I think that I mean, was...
2: I believe you said June
1: 27th. We're, we'll put up a link. I'm, yeah. I'm going to watch it. I find it so interesting. All y'all, like we've heard it from Cub. Cub we've heard it from Sam. We've mm-hmm. heard it from, you know, uh, I mean, Cowboy Cerrone had serious nerves. Um, We hear it from all these guys that they all have these nerves.
2: And I think, as well, like we talked about
1: helping with the nerves is what makes you guys special.
2: Right. And I think we talked, we talk about a lot because clearly we had a fighter on today, but we also talk about it a lot because I'm a mixed martial artist. It's a big part of my life, but it's all entertainment. Yeah. So whether you're fighting, whether you're going on stage, whether you're going to be filming for a movie, you practice. For thousands of hours to get to that point, it's just the camera in your face. It's just the environment that trips you up and makes it so much harder. That's why actors have to practice and rehearse for literally hundreds and thousands of hours to for that one role. They have to be perfect, no mistakes. And of course, you're going to have your uh, occasional accidents and you can make a joke about it. But you can't show up and not know anything. You can't show up and be so crippled by anxiety that you can't perform. And so you have to put in those hours and that time to be effective in any line of work. But I think especially in something where your face is going to be broadcasted to millions of people, you've got to make sure you're on par or on point. It's true. Yeah, you can't. It's just you can't. How do I word this properly? You can't not do the work and expect to feel good or expect to handle it.
1: I think it's twofold. You can't do the work and you can't be a douche. Like you can't be Ezra Miller and be like a total predator. And you can't be, you know, um, and you can't show up and like Nicolas Cage, the production. With not Nicolas through, Cage? Yeah, he's the same dude in every movie and doesn't move his face. <laughs> he's he's the original Kristen Stewart.
2: Okay, he's the original Kristen. That's what he needs to have a shirt with his face on it. The original Kristen Stewart.
1: That is brilliant. You should put that on your merch. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> got nothing to do with
2: fighting i don't care it's at this funny. point i don't have a barefoot merchandise store i just have a clothing store you do and yeah. I,
1: i'm gonna need you to make that
2: shirt all right i'll make that shirt i'm sure it's a very
1: punchable face
2: it's a very punchable face why don't we take that line a very punchable face
1: no because people really like him go with the original okay. to do it. so one thing i'll say when i talk to these fighters and i talk to them i know at your fights i talk to them when we get them on the show all of them seem to be like really down-to-earth guys. It's right. not like talking to the models or actors I work with. Like the people I work with, especially in like fashion and film, are pretentious assholes and I love you all.
2: I think something else that plays into and this plays into it a lot. When you are on social media, when you have a job where your face is required to be in front of a camera and talking, you develop, I think you develop certain qualities and certain personality traits that you may not have had otherwise. Fighters have a few moments at a time to really talk to the audience, but a lot of the time it's just displaying skills. So when you do speak with them, you're not getting uh, an image, you're not getting a character. You are just getting what they are. Now that isn't that's not to say a fighter who has great personality and charisma that isn't that person in real life. Smiling Sam Alvey, great interviewer. i mm-hmm. sorry, great interviewee. Great for uh, post-fight uh, speeches whether win or lose, he's hilarious and he's fun to listen to, but he's also a good fighter. That's just who he is. Personable. Too. But, but that's, that's just Sam. That's just Sam Alvey with people like,
1: and I'd like to point out, this is a guy that has put bear against the side of the cage and beat the crap out of him on more than one occasion. Yeah. So for him to be like, great guy, I want you to think that through.
2: I really do like Sam. He's a good friend. And so when we get people like Stevie Ray, you get what you, that that is him. That's his personality. And a lot of guys are just very down earth because they don't have to develop that character. When they're on camera they can just be them same thing here
1: well i think stevie put it really well it's the uh that character also gets a lot of these guys paid
2: that's that's true it's incentive it's it's it's...
1: insightful yeah it was really interesting to listen to him and i think listening to someone that's worked with multiple companies across an array of places in mma he has he has a really really keen insight into the industry itself
2: when he retires he should be he should speak He should do engagements and he should tell people about, not necessarily just about fighting, but the experience of dealing with this kind of stress and anxiety and what you're going to find from it in a professional work environment. A lot of these guys, you know, I I love them. I love some of my best friends in fighting. I just know that when they're 40, they're not, there's nothing else for them. There's nothing set up afterwards because they don't take the time to prepare in advance. And so I'm thinking like, especially for him, but he'll be fighting for a while still. Don't get me wrong. And I'm sure he's got plans. I'm just saying, on top of that... You
1: want him to do a speaking he can
2: talk. Do, he can speak.
1: He inspired you, didn't he? What do you mean? He inspired you. Like, he spoke to you. Oh, like, yeah, he said for he sure. Spoke to he
2: you. said great things that really resonated <laughs> with me as a competitor, but also if I was oh, just...
1: Oh, shit. The part that you liked was the part where he talked about the stage fright. Oh, yeah. Because that that's at. the part that always gets to you.
2: And so I'm thinking, anyone who's in the world of entertainment or has to be in front of a public... Uh, is in a public setting, that's all good advice for you. Especially even if you, shoot, even if you just deal with... Uh, normal stress and anxiety from being around large crowds. You can take in the understanding that, hey, that's normal, but here's what you do to feel better. Here's what you can do. That that said, if you do get stressed out by being around large groups of people, don't go test yourself and train by standing around large groups of people. I think that requires other forms of help, too.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it this way. This is so bad. i got to tell you guys, because we did this as a pre-record, like everything that we normally shut off seems to have gone off today. Yeah,
2: every everything you it could really possibly bad. have made noise has made noise noise in this last hour.
1: Yeah, it's totally Bear's fault. What do you mean? I'm lying.
2: I'm blaming you. Okay. Yeah. See? How do you feel about them apples?
1: I'm going to cry. Oh. I'm already sick.
2: You're already sick?
1: Yeah. So now I'm manipulating you by pouting. <laughs> <laughs> That's total bullshit. It's a good manipulation tactic. <laughs> no, works. I don't mean it. Yeah. Don't don't feel bad. I'm the one that left it on. I will say, guys, that is really insightful. And for someone like bear, especially who suffers with with such terrible nerves before fights, like really, really bad. Oh,
2: nerves. yeah. Before every fight, just like the, the day before the fight, I want to quit. I want to tell my coach I'm never doing it again. <laughs> um, this is the I'm done. I'm not fighting. We're not going through with it. Cancel the bout. And then we finish, and I feel amazing, and I ask for more. So they're <laughs> always, two they're always the night deeply, of the last fight. They're always deeply confused. Uh, <laughs> no, with my post fights.
1: Coach gets it. Like, but it's funny. It's true. He wanted to like the the day before the fight. He just wants to jump in front of a truck. The the night of the fight, right after the fight, he booked two more fights. Yes, that's true. I, I will say. To be
2: fair, one of them is a kickboxing one, match, but
1: it's still still a
2: competition. I will Some say. Some people still going to punch me in the face.
1: I will say, when you look at people like Cowboy was the one that had the worst nerves from what I heard. Uh, Winkle John said that he used to have to talk Cowboy into going out into the ring by promising him he'd never have to do it again. And then after the fight, Cowboy's like, I want another.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely how you handle the nerves is really what plays into it. But I think at the end of the day, you know, we're all good. We're all competitors. We all want this for ourselves. We all want to be able to go out there and win, make money. And just be proud of the people that we are. I think and sometimes you have to fight through the stress to do that.
1: But that's any job and any career, especially in entertainment. Oh, so yeah. we are totally stealing his spiel. Um. So thank you to Stevie. We're stealing your spiel. And we are putting it all over the internet because it's something everyone needs to know. And you need to write a book, mate. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Follow the link. We're putting up Stevie's information. Follow him. Watch his fight. We've got some giveaways this week.
2: And don't forget to follow us on BTS everywhere. There's social media.
1: Thanks for joining us. I'm Summer Helene. Thanks to my co host, Bear Fiorda. This is Bear Fiorda. This was Behind the Scenes. Good night.
0: Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.